Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Mayor, and good afternoon to all of you listening. How's it going? We're live. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Thursday. What is today? Okay, March 18th. <laughs> we'll get there. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Thursday, March 18th, is just moments away. But before we do this, we need to thank our sponsors. Sponsors like SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana. The Chicago Federation of Labor are sponsors, as well as the Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat. How to think politically. What concert to go to. If you're a clueless Chicagoan, get a clue. Subscribe to the Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. Also, chicagoreader.com slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A, V as in victory, S-K-Y, for our endless archive of Ben Jarofsky shows. Guys, we're about like 950 episodes. We're insane. All right. So uh, if you've missed a few episodes, go check it out. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. Also, if you enjoy this program and you're like, boy, I want to help out these two fellers, this guy in the apartment and that other guy in the attic, I want to help them out. Well, you can. ChicagoReader.com slash Jarofsky and you can become a binhead. Yeah, not a pinhead, but a binhead. <laughs> See what we did there? See what we did there? You're used to pinhead. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was that's a whole other story. But a binhead. That's what we're calling avid listeners of our program. Are you a binhead? Yeah. Well, prove it. ChicagoReader.com slash Jarofsky. A three tier system. All right. You can become a uh, what is it? An uh, an alley. You can be in the alley. All right. You can be on the avenue, or you can be living large on Benny Boulevard. All right. <laughs> Three tiers. Okay, that's still, although a year in, still not a good job. Uh, go to chicagoreader.com slash Jarofsky, become a binhead, help out the Ben Jarofsky show, and if you become an, uh, an Avenue or Boulevard member, you will get a deal on the latest book from our very own Ben Jarofsky. It's his greatest hits covering 40 years, four oh. decades of Chicago politics. Uh, it's a fantastic book. Go check it out. It's available now. But like I said, if you become a member of Binhead, you will get a deal on that book. So go check it out. All right. I think we're good to go. Ben, you do have a song of the day. Uh, for new listeners, yes, that's what we do. We uh, we have our host just butcher a song. <laughs> our theory is let's uh, just fall flat on our face in the beginning, and it's all you know, it's well, all good from there. Technically, it's to make sure the mic is working, right? That's that, remember <laughs> yeah. that was the original reason. Yeah, to make sure the now, live stream chat can hear us. Yeah, and now it's just oh, let's humiliate our host. When, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know that's true. All right, your song of the day. Alice Cooper, school's out. Ooh, Alice Cooper. I remember Alice Cooper from back in the day, late 60s, early 70s, a lot of hits. WLS, WCFL, number 18 and rising fast. School's out. 40 years. Over 40 years, guys. He's old. School's out. 
out forever. All right. <laughs> Wait, hold it, D. What? I got to say something before you do the introduction. Thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, reader uh, readers. Uh, I was voted pod show favorite pod show host and podcast host. Really? Yeah, I can't even say it. I'm so excited. Yeah, and the readers best of. Oh my god! Thank you, Ben Jarofsky show and uh, Ben Jarofsky host. So. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, my goodness. Really good. That made my day yesterday. Who got best podcast producer? Uh, There was no category in that, but they have a secret vote that they had. And a guy named Dr. D was victorious. Hey, that be easy. (laughs) Guys, be easy. I'm not Dr. D. If you look in the stack of resumes, it'll say Dennis. All right. Still waiting for that call. Come on, BZ. Come on. Anyway, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. The award-winning Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Thursday, March 18th, and live from my apartment and his attic, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, oh, we're switching it up on you, huh? Keeping you on your toes, listeners. <laughs> it's Ramana Hussein with a Thursday Ramana Rundown. And now your host. He won an award. (laughs) (laughs) Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Madoff Shots Thursday. And here's why. Great story by young Dan Mialopoulos and Christian Sorch on WBEZ. That would be young Dan, the bulldog. The meanest, toughest investigative reporter in the the yard. Someone get him on the chain. The kids are scared. Hey, BZ, you hear those special effects, huh? Hear that sound effects? Oh, it's me trying to get the job at BZ. Uh, uh, BZ, I want to be a sound effects guy, please. Anyway, Dan and Christian, heck of a job. Uh, (laughs) Danny was our guest. Just want to promote this last week uh, on the Bedrowski Show. Uh, We talked about uh, machine politics and corruption in Chicago. Check it out, everybody. He, of course, a great investigative reporter. Uh, And the gist of the story that they wrote is that uh, Loretto Hospital, follow me this, uh, is sort of making use of its supply of vaccine as like a way, I don't know, to curry favor. With the powers that be in Chicago, you know, sort of, maybe, allegedly. A few things you should know. Loretta was on the west side in a mostly black Austin community that's been hit hard by the pandemic. In a just and wise society, we'd be doing absolutely everything, going door to door if necessary, to make sure that the most vulnerable among us have been vaccinated. But as we all know, our society is neither just nor particularly wise. And so... For reasons that no one seems to quite want to quantify, they're not able to reach all the people who are eligible, even if those people live right down the streets and they have a leftover supply of vaccines to offer, as in an offer we can't refuse, 
to all Cook County judges and their, I don't know, spouses. They get a judge and one. And one. Come on down, Loretto, and get your shot. That screeching sound you just heard is Dennis hopping into his little red Ferrari to race over to Loretto for his shot. Yo, D, you're a doctor, not a judge. Okay? I, I own a bicycle. <laughs> I don't have a car. Hold on. That ringing sound is Dennis's bicycle bell. Ring, ring, as he pedals furiously up Kimball Avenue. Got to get to Loretto. Get those that vaccine. What a thought. Are you wearing your helmet these days, Dennis? Getting worried about you not wearing that helmet. Wear that helmet. Where was I? Back to uh, Dan's great investigation and uh, Kristen's great investigation. The revelation uh, of Dan and Kristen comes one day after the revelation that Loretto had been offering shots to workers at Trump Tower. We'll get into that a little bit. That's what we call a tease in the radio game. Nice work. I see why you got that award. (laughs) Folks at BEZ right now are going, whoa, this guy knows his stuff. He knows what a tease is. Oh, my God, what a tease. (laughs) I've never seen anything like this. It's extraordinary for a podcast. No wonder he was the number one guy in the reader poll. I'm never getting that job at (laughs) BEZ. I'm doing the best I can for you. Anyway, so uh, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. So the judges flocking uh, over uh, to Loretto. Uh, Dan and Christian had a field day pointing out that few, if any, of the judges actually live on the west side. One they uh, mentioned lived on the Gold Coast. But if they have to go to Austin to get the shot, then to Austin they will go. Uh, In their defense, a spokeswoman for the judges says that if the judges didn't take the vaccines, the vaccines would go bad as there's a shelf life for vaccines. So rather than throw away good vaccines, give them to the judges. Meanwhile, over at Roseland Hospital on the south side, according to the Sun-Times, half the workers at Roseland who could get the shot right now just by showing up to work aren't getting it. They have their reasons. Some don't trust the shot. Some don't trust the government. It's similar with prison guards in Georgia, a story I read uh, yesterday, and Troy and I were talking about. That would be Troy LaRavie, yesterday's guest. Check out that show if you haven't already. ChicagoReader.com, uh, wherever else you download podcasts. That's correct. We, by the way, a total tangent up on, on Prince. Totally, completely unexpected tangent, talking politics, school politics, school openings uh, in the city of Chicago, the racial implications of them with Troy LaRavier, and next thing you know, 10 minutes on Prince. Did not realize Troy LaRavier knew so much about the great Prince. Anyway, similar with prison guards in Georgia, as I was talking about with Troy, that article broke yesterday. Less than half of them are getting their shots, even though they can get it right now because they're eligible frontline employees. And then there's the half of the country that doesn't even think it needs shots. They think the vaccine is a hoax. They think it was made up by Democrats to discredit Donald Trump. They held an open the school rally in Naperville just the other day, and their leader, Darren Bailey, State Senator Darren Bailey, he showed up and gave a speech, and of course he didn't wear a mask. And I'm wondering, did Darren Bailey get a shot? Donnie Trump got a shot. Did Darren Bailey quietly get a shot? Dan and Chris, I'm not, I'm saying that could be your next great investigation. Start working. So in summation, 
The people who can get the shot right now without any hassle, just by showing up to work, in many cases, aren't getting the shot. And the people who can't get the shot automatically are moving heaven and earth to get one. What's going on here, you ask? I'll tell you what it is. It's the Madoff theory. That is correct. <laughs> Little late there, Bailey. Come on. <laughs> DB! <laughs> the Madoff theory, so named for Bernie Madoff, one of the great con men of our time. In fact, I'd say Bernie is right behind Donald Trump, who is without doubt the greatest con man of the 21st century. Though if Darren Bailey manages to convince the voters of Illinois to elect him governor, I think he moves ahead of Madoff into second place right behind Trump. Madoff's theory is that if you make something easy to get, people won't appreciate its value, even if it's very valuable. They'll think, hmm, if I can get it, how good can it be? They'll wonder, there must be a catch. They'll be suspicious. But if you make it hard to get, even if it's not particularly valuable, they'll want it. And so this is how Bernie operated. He'd take a call from a rich guy who would say, Bernie, I'd like to give you 10 million of my dollars to invest. And Bernie would say, sorry, I can't take it. I got to turn you down. I have too many investors already. I can't take another. And then the guy would go, Please, Bernie, please take my money. I'll make it 20 million. And Madoff will go, oh, well, all right, if you insist. But don't tell anybody I'm doing this. It's only for you. And so it was that Bernie reeled them in like a great fisherman bringing in a tuna. That's the fish, Steve. Oh, <laughs> that's how you do sound effects, BEZ. You're watching? Yes, Luna, come here. <laughs> Get it. You, you too, WTTW. <laughs> I think I forgot you guys. All right, huh? I still actually legit may have a shot at that, so let's not, let's oh, not do that. Sorry. And GM, you too. Let's uh, reel it back on that, huh? <laughs> Okay. Oh, yeah, that is the Zanies later tonight. <laughs> anyway, you reel them in like a big tuna on the line. We are a crazy people, ladies and gentlemen. I love my country. It's the only one I know. But I got to tell you, we lost our collective minds many years ago. We got a great show today, everybody. As Dennis said, Ramana Hussein will be here. I know it's confusing. Usually she's here on Friday. Today she's on a Thursday. She was nice enough to make an adjustment to accommodate the guests we have lined up for tomorrow. Should I tease that guestie or should I just let kind of, you know, what do you think? What would what would BEZ do at this stage? Well, BEZ wouldn't discuss on the air whether to tease it or not. So, I mean. Right now, the program director at BEZ is like, I am horrified. Absolutely horrified. We're very loosems goosems here on the Ben Jarofsky Show. So let's just say we have an outstanding guest today, Ramana Hussein, and an outstanding guest tomorrow with a certain someone that I will not reveal at the moment because good radio is it, you leave the you leave the listener wondering. I mean, we're not on the radio. We're <laughs> we used to be on the radio, remember? Yeah. <laughs> and then they said, "Come here, son. Get out of here." Ooh, okay. 
Anyway. Oh, yeah, they fired you. I forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, yes. The glory days getting fired. Folks, getting fired is not so bad. It really isn't, you know. So, wait, you're saying we're going to make Friday's guest a mystery? <laughs> yes. Cool. It's a mystery. I know who it is. Ramana know who, 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 oh, I can't even say that. Ramana knows who it is, but no one else knows. Oh, and the guest knows who it is, but no one else. Ooh, it's a mystery. Guys, oh my. <laughs> I can't wait. Personally, I want to know who it is. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, Jay Marie, no, it's not Lori Lightfoot. All right, we'll just. <laughs> no, kill that one right now, Jay Marie. In your dreams, Jay Marie. <laughs> Lori Lightfoot's attitude toward this show right now is sort of like, oh, my attitude toward the Chicago Bulls in the fourth quarter last night. I am not, under any circumstances, talking about the Bulls today. That will not be a topic of discussion, D. They had a 23-point lead, and they lost the game, and I am not talking about it. (laughs) Anyway, Lori Lightfoot's attitude toward my show is a little like... Jay Marie, I'm going to tell you right now, I do not believe Lori Lightfoot was one of the voters who cast their vote uh, for this show. Uh, best podcast. Nope. Don't think she was, D. I don't think JB was either. You know? <laughs> so I don't think any of the politicians voted for me. Anyway, we have a great show today. Before we get to that, the young man from Alton, the man that likes to think of himself as the judge. <laughs> Judge D with the news. Oh boy, new nickname, Judge D. We got D Nice, Judge D, Dr. D, Dr. Doobie, White Lightning. Still waiting for just Dennis. One of these days. One of these days. Hey, uh, also, Brianna, no, it's not Mick Dumpke. We got a little guessing game going on the live stream chat right now as to uh, who's tomorrow's guest will be. No, not Mick Dumpke. And surprise, not Mayor Lightfoot. Yeah, yeah, no, not Mayor Lightfoot. Not Andrew Cuomo. Not Gavin Newsom. Uh, who, who are the, some of the other uh, Dems I've been critical of lately? Dragon Slayer uh, yeah, 19. Not, nope, not Darren Bailey. No. No, terrible. <laughs> I wish. Not too big D. Uh, Got to feed them hogs. Uh, no, not Darren Bailey. Uh, and uh, who else? Not Michael Madigan. Michael Joseph Madigan. No, he's not showing up. It's actually someone who, I don't believe who's ever been on the podcast. But uh, he, I'm giving away a little bit there, was a guest uh, on the radio show. The one I got fired from. <clears throat> anyway. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> Who could it be? <laughs> Who could it be? <laughs> All right, let's do the local news. Uh, let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. We begin in Chicago. And, you know, we didn't uh, have enough time to cover this story yesterday. And, hey, that turned out to be a good thing because we have more to discuss from it today. So, first, let's do Wednesday's story. I'm not a doctor. Uh, maybe he is. Maybe he is. <laughs> The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times, John Seidel and Stefano Esposito. 
It says here, the Loretto Hospital, where Ben was talking about this earlier, the Loretto Hospital wrongly vaccinated 72 workers at Trump International Hotel and Tower last week at the request of Westside residents who work there and could not leave their jobs to get the vaccine. This is according to a hospital memo released on Tuesday. Hospital president and CEO George Miller said in the memo that uh, the Austin Hospital was at the time, quote, under the impression that restaurant and other frontline hospitality industry workers were eligible for the vaccine in Chicago. Miller said, quote, I now understand after subsequent conversations with the Chicago Department of Public Health that we were mistaken. Hospitality workers won't likely become eligible for the shots until March 29th when the city expects to expand who can get the shots. Now, when I first read this story, Ben, uh, you share uh, your thoughts as well. When I first read the story, I said, oh, no, wrongfully vaccinated. What they do, inject them with like gravy or something? But no, that's not that's not the case, is it, Ben? <laughs> Wrong, yeah, it's a great phrase, though, wrongfully vaccinated. No, yeah, I, I presume they gave them the right vaccine, but the wrong in the wrongfully is that the people who got the vaccine hopped to the front of the line. That's the point. See, in our insane system, ladies and gentlemen, instead of providing enough vaccines to vaccinate everybody from this very serious disease that has shut down our economy and wracked havoc throughout the world, killed thousands and thousands of people. No, instead of working day and night to get enough vaccines to vaccinate everybody, what they do is they just get enough vaccine to vaccinate a select few and then they offer it to some people who apparently, once you offer it to them, turn it down because, like, if you're offering it to me, it's got to be bad. It's, and then they limit it, its access to everybody else. And so people are, like, trampling their grandmothers to get it. Let me get it then. So, uh, yes, somehow or other, the powers that be that run Loretto Hospital decided that the employees of Trump Tower... Trump Tower, ladies and gentlemen. Trump Tower, which is the epitome of what? Wretched deals in Chicago? Right in the middle of Chicago, the most democratic of cities, you have this enormous tower, which is on prime riverfront property, where my beloved Bright One, by the way, D, I don't know if you knew this, this is before your time, used to be housed. The Sun-Times building was where Trump Tower. Did you know that? Were you aware of that, young man? No. No, no, I wasn't. (laughs) Didn't really Yeah, the bright one for many years was right there. So they replaced the bright one with Trump Tower. They put the name of the man that I would say is the most despised politician in the city of Chicago on the front of it, just to let everybody in Chicago know Middle finger up. I'm not swearing anymore, D. Thank you. Not swearing. Okay. No more swearing. Appreciate it. I just said middle finger up. Okay. Look, just like that. And okay. well, uh, you're flipping me off, but that's fine. You just gave me the bird, but hey, keep going. It's cool. So they they thought it'd be a good idea, the powers that be in the city of Chicago, to let Donnie Trump put his name on a building. Yeah, you, Rahm Emanuel. Yeah, you, Mayor Rahm. You let him do it. You let him get away with it. Talk about the inside deals. Trump donated 50 grand to Rob's campaign. Nobody ever talks about that. Anyway, they allow Trump's name on this building. 
And then they give it a tax break. And that tax break is engineered by Ed Burke. Can I go on and on? Who was representing Donald Trump? Ed Burke, former chair of the finance committee, thought, I know. I'll make money for Trump by allowing him to pay less in taxes, which means everybody else will pay more in taxes to compensate the tax break that I'll give for Trump. I'll get money out of it. And I'll say, I'm looking out for the best interests of the taxpayers in my day job as chair of the finance committee. And somehow or other, the voters of Chicago thought this was a good idea. I'm going to elect Ed Burke again and again and again. Oh, which voter is that an impression of? <laughs> just anyone in particular? Chicago voter. No, just no, no, she, okay. This is just Chicago voter. Okay. I will just routinely vote for Ed Burke and Rahm Emanuel and Richie Daly and Pat O'Connor because I'm just a Chicago voter and I don't really know anything. And, but I think MAGA hat people in Wisconsin are stupid. Wait a minute, D. Didn't I promise I wasn't going to shame Chicago voters anymore? Didn't I make that pledge and promise? I think I did. Yeah. I want to humbly apologize to all the millennial lefty journalists that I promised I would not shame voters. Our apologies, but it's going to happen again in about 15 minutes. <laughs> anyway. So here you got this tower that's the epitome of everything that's wrong with Chicago. And the guy who lives in the tower, one of the guys who lived in the tower, happens to be a high-ranking official at Loretto Hospital. So somehow or other, the people who work at this tower got shots. All right? And this gentleman, what's his name? I just lost it. Uh, Ahmed claims that he had nothing to do with the people getting shots, the workers getting shots at Trump Tower, getting pushed at the end of the uh, to the head of the line. He had nothing to do with it, ladies and gentlemen. And it was a decision of a person lower down in the pecking order at Loretta who thought, oh, people who work at places like Trump Tower should be at the front of the line. <laughs> like there's no other restaurants or bars or hotels in Chicago. I don't know, D. I'm a little suspicious about this. Just a little suspicious about this. But maybe I'm jaded and cynical. I mean, of course. And I tested very positively in a in another sense. So this morning, yeah, I tested positively toward negative, right? So, no, I tested uh, perfectly this morning. Meaning, meaning I tested negative. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up. That, of course, is the man you elected president of the United States, ladies and gentlemen, Donald John Trump. <laughs> All right, so that was uh, yesterday's news. Now to yeah. today's news. Once again, from the Chicago Sun-Times, Mitchell Armantrout and Brett Chase. A, quote, disappointed Mayor Lori Lightfoot on Wednesday chastised executives at the Loretto Hospital who approved a round of COVID-19 vaccinations for employees of the Tony Trump International Hotel and Tower last week, even though they weren't eligible to get the, co the coveted shots. The CEO of the Austin Neighborhood Hospital, which the mayor chose as the site of the city's first ever vaccine dose as a show of commitment to equitable vaccine distribution in low-income communities of color, has said, quote, we were mistaken in letting the 72 hotel workers jump to the front of the line. Lightfoot called it a blunder that can, quote, never be repeated. Here's the quote from Lightfoot. Quote, of course, I mean, 
the quote, of course I was disappointed to hear about it. Loretto has been a tremendous partner with the city. Lightfoot said during a news conference announcing the city's plan to expand eligibility, including uh, to hospitality workers on March 29th. So we got a disappointed mayor on our hands, Ben. Yes. And she says it could never be repeated, except it was repeated as Danny Mialopoulos uh, pointed out in WBEZ. Oh, darn. Don't you hate it when things that should never be repeated, D, get repeated? Hate when that happens. It's the worst. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, she's, they, one more time, folks, they picked Loretto to make sure that the folks most vulnerable, hit hardest by the COVID, would get first access uh, to the shot. And somehow or other, the folks who (laughs) worked at Trump Tower, which, again, is the epitome of one of the worst, most wretched Deals in Chicago where Donnie Trump got to put his name on uh, this huge building at a central part of the city after, you know, cozying up to Mayor Rahm. Gets to put his name on that, just filling Chicagoans with so much venom. Somehow or other, the folks who work at Trump Tower get an advantage over everyone else. It just kind of grinds my gears. Well, that was a good sound effect of gears grinding. Uh, John on the live stream chat says, Ben, keep shaming voters. Keep it up. John, you have to worry. I probably, I, my millennial friends, Ben, don't do it. It's not their fault. It's the system. I I got a lot. I mean, there's a lot to be said about that. The system is pretty wretched, but I don't know. Come on, Chicago voters. (laughs) Some of your decisions, just saying. And I say this, Jay Marie, this is for you. I say this, yes, I voted for Lori Lightfoot. Yes, I did, Jay Marie. Just so kind of shaming myself, D. Kind of shaming myself. All right, we do have uh, more city news to discuss, but we have some breaking statewide news. (laughs) (laughs) The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Rachel Hinton. Nearly a year after he issued his first stay-at-home order, Governor J.B. Pritzker announced his plan to reopen the state today as a, quote, bridge phase that includes increasing capacity limits at places like museums and zoos, but also sets thresholds for vaccinations and new COVID-19 caseloads as the state inches toward normalcy with a dial-like approach. The governor also announced the expansion of coronavirus vaccine eligibility to all Illinois residents over 16, except Chicagoans, starting April 12th, along with the new, quote, bridge phase as part of his plan to reopen the state. Here's the quote from Pritzker, quote, although we still are in the midst of a global pandemic, the end seems truly to be in sight. Well, we got an optimistic governor here. The bridge phase will allow for higher capacity limits at museums, zoos, and spectator events, as well as increased business operations. Uh, To achieve that stage, the entire state must reach a 70% first dose vaccination rate for residents 65 and over, maintain a 20% or lower ICU bed availability rate, and hold steady on COVID-19 and COVID-like illness, hospital admissions, mortality rate, and case rate over a 28-day monitoring period. All right. We discussed this the other day. Is JB feeling the heat, the pressure? He reads those Rich Miller columns just the way we do. Rich Miller pointed out 
one of the uh, shrewdest, smartest observers of politics in the state of Illinois, Rich Miller, pointed out that J.B. could be in trouble as his lockdown policies are so unpopular in many parts of the state. Uh, so if, uh, if J.B. doesn't loosen things up a little bit, his reelection could be uh, jeopardized. So that could be going on, D. You go, you know what, guys? You're so eager to get back at it. Even though we're in the middle of a pandemic, knock yourself out. Go to the zoo. Go to the museum. Go to the Art Institute. I'm conservative scared, D. I'm not going anywhere until I get that vaccine. I'm just saying that's me. All right. Plus, I'm an old guy. I'm really at risk. And by the way, I don't hold it against any of those judges who are hopping in those red Ferraris right now. (laughs) Shooting up uh, (laughs) Madison to get to Loretto Hospital. That's what they did. They told us there's only a limited amount. But if you know the right guy, you can get the shot. You go to the end of the line. I think many of us, D, who among us out there? Come on, be honest, everybody. Every single one of you. Who would turn that down? I had a conversation with Dan Mialopoulos about this on the show uh, when he was on, and then I was talking to McDumkey about this, and both of them who are... Um, what just like straight shooters said they would never jump to the head of the line. They would always wait their turn. Dennis, I'm going to put it to you. Hmm. Yes. What (laughs) would you jump to the head of the line? You're not eligible because you're young, you're millennial. So you're like way at the end of the line. But if you got a call, ring a ling a ding dong. Uh, Yes. uh, This is Dr. D. Yes, it is. Uh, if you uh, drop everything and hop on that little bicycle of yours, you come on down to Loretto Hospital in an hour, we'll give you a shot. And you would go, but wait a minute. What about the people who are all eligible who live right right next to Loretto? Well, <laughs> we couldn't reach them, D. And if we don't use this vaccine on you, we'll just throw it away. So you're going to come down? Uh, what would you say, Dennis? Go. Um, no, thanks. I'm cool. Nope. Wow. <laughs> you would say you're like Mick Dunkey and Danny Malopoulos. Yeah. I don't want to jump in the front of the line. No, thanks. I'll wait. It's cool. I'll wait. By the way, Ben, how you feeling? You've had that uh, vex, <laughs> that shot. Got it like two weeks ago. You feeling okay? I feel okay. By the way, just so everybody knows, I didn't jump at the head of the line. I'm old. Okay. Hey, give that guy a shot. I walked in. They go, damn, geezer. How come you weren't here a month ago? They go, wait, are you that guy that's been writing columns for the readers since Ronald Reagan was president? Yeah, that's me. So anyway, D, I got to give you a lot of credit. No, I'm not having any kind of weird symptoms, as I told you. Cool. uh, After the first couple days. But I got to give you a lot of credit. Uh, You have a lot of integrity like Dan and uh, Mick. I don't know if it's more integrity or me just not really wanting to get this shot. (laughs) Okay, at least you're honest. Yeah, Dan and Mick are more like, I would not do it. Yeah, I'm not in that. Don't throw me in that category. I'm more in the weirdo uh, bunch that kind of thinks this thing's, I'm a little, you know, a little suspicious here. I get you. I get you. Know? you just, yeah. Uh, yeah, I hear you. But uh, no, I got the shot. I got my next shot in a week. I'm going to wait two weeks ago. And then uh, I'm trying to, I'm going um, to go over to my friend Cap's house. And uh, watch the playoff games and eat pizza and chicken. <laughs> and that's that's what I'm looking forward to, man. Can't wait. 
So you think uh, that this is maybe a uh, political move from Pritzker, huh? Uh, re-election coming up. Maybe let's uh, get this open as quick as possible. Maybe I, I think, yeah, I think it's definitely impacted my politics. I can't say that I blame him. And, uh, and I say this as a person who's very cautious and concerned because I do worry that there's going to be another spike coming. Uh, and maybe that spike will be mitigated by the number of people who have the shots. So much is unknown about this uh, pandemic, as we've been saying for over a year. And so many of our experts jumped to some of the wrong conclusions at the start. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I definitely feel that the Prisker crowd is feeling the heat, politically speaking. And so they said, all right, you know what? Let's loosen things up. Let's open things up. Dragon Slayer 19. Yes, that's right. Dennis nobly using Ben as a vaccine guinea pig. You nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> Seriously, no symptoms. Guys. You're not feeling anything. You're feeling okay. <laughs> I'm like Mikey. Remember Mikey? He likes it. He likes it. They all like, they give Mikey the cereal. How do you know that? That commercial is like from the 70s. Dude, you weren't even born when that commercial was on TV. No, they brought Mikey back for a minute uh, when I was a kid. I remember that. Mikey is like 73 years old. Well, they got a new Mikey. Oh, (laughs) they bring some 73-year-old guy smoking cigarettes and drinking? God, Christ. (laughs) Yeah, it's me, Mikey. What do you want? (laughs) But for all of you youngsters who missed, missed it, Mikey was the uh, kid in a commercial. It was some cereal. And they, they didn't know if they liked the cereal, so they'd give the cereal to Mikey. Let's see if Mikey likes it. Well, with uh, the vaccine, Dennis's attitude is, let's see if Ben keels over. And if he doesn't, hey, I'll go get it. <laughs> every day he tests me. He does, like, memory tests. Every day, folks. This is every day before the show. So, Ben, um, uh, what is the name of the newspaper you work for? And if I flunk the test, he goes, I'm not getting that vaccine. I'm currently working on a banner, the Dr. D show. Tuesdays through Fridays. It's tough. I'll tell you what, man. It's tough being the guinea pig with the vaccine, all right? Neighbors are coming looking up at me. Hmm. Are his eyes dilating? Hmm. <laughs> What's four and four? Eight. Good. Good. Like that. What's eight times eight? Sixty-four. Good. Good. Like that. <laughs> What's the name of the Tribune columnist who recommended a new sound system for you? Eric Zorn. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. You're good. Okay. You're good. All right. So maybe I will get this shot. I don't know. I'm just seeing it out. Ben's my guinea pig. Absolutely right. All right. So we had that breaking news to talk about. Uh, So let's go back to the city news here. It looks like a couple of Mayor Lightfoot's city council members. Wait. What? I have my hand raised. I wanted to say something else. Go ahead. Before we lose track of this, the latest uh, development at Trump Tower uh, with the vaccine. I just had to get this one out. Oh, more breaking news? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how breaking it is because I read it in the newspaper. As I discovered from my pre-show prep with Romana, I'm really at a disadvantage because I read news in newspapers. So Romana's always saying, Ben, you didn't see this? It was, it's been all over the internet. Well, you know, I get news in newspapers. Well, it's been all over Twitter. Well, I never look at Twitter. All right. Anyway, the new uh, element of the Trump Tower saga with the vaccine, no sooner did Lori Lightfoot say, this is a blunder that can never, ever, ever be repeated, then there's a possibility that Eric Trump, Dennis's favorite Trump sibling, got- well, it's out now. <laughs> Everybody knows it. 
trying to keep that between us girls, but okay. It was really close. Every day Dennis would call me up and he'd go, today I like Ivanka the best. And then he would call me, yeah, yeah, I'm really feeling baby Trump, Donnie Jr. But for the last two weeks, it's been Eric Trump is my favorite Trump. E.T., phone home. <laughs> anyway, it turns out that E.T., uh, <laughs> E.T., Eric Trump, is some kind of muckety-muck, I don't know. Like Donald Trump gives his kids different assignments. This is this is Chicago. This is what he thinks of you. He put like he put the Trump Tower in Chicago. It's got his name slapped on it. This is how little he regards you. He put his son Eric in charge of it, and he's like supposed to be like the least consequential of the Trumps. I don't know if you know that D, but like they rate its Trump siblings. Donnie's supposed to be the, no Ivanka's the favorite one. Donnie's second. What's the third one's name? Tiffany. And then Eric is, and then Baron, I guess he's somewhere on the list. So anyway, they put Eric in charge of Trump tower. And apparently he got allegedly, I should say, uh, he got a vaccine uh, vaccinated. Uh, but the uh, Loretto spokesman said, no, it's not true. Did not happen. So that was the breaking story. And I'm really hoping we get to the bottom of that one. That would be amazing. That would be, that would be what the grossest symbol of the inequity of the way the vaccine's been distributed in Chicago, that Eric Trump, son of President Trump, leader of the MAGA revolution, whose chief doctrine is that the whole pandemic is a hoax and we don't need shots, somehow or other, that kid, Eric, got pushed to the head of the line to get a vaccine that was intended for people in the poorest neighborhoods who had been hit hardest. That would be probably the second most unfair thing uh, in the city of Chicago. The first being, of course, the fact that somehow or other we've had legalized reefer for the last, how long day has it been? Over a year. Over a year. And they still haven't figured out a way to get a business run by a black guy a license to sell this stuff as Vincent E. Norman and I talk about it all the time when he comes on the show, even though black people bore the brunt of the war on drugs. But the good news, we don't know. They say it didn't happen that Eric Trump got the vaccine. So whew, thank God that didn't happen. Anyway, had to break them, had to offer up that breaking news. More people on the live stream chat are guessing as to who our guest could be tomorrow. So let's just... Let's just roll with it, huh? Uh, we got some guesses here. Chris Welch. Uh, no, it's not Chris Welch. Not our uh, new house speaker, Chris Welch. Chris no. Welch is a legitimate uh, guess because he probably would come on the show as opposed to all the other politicians. Uh, I'm not going to that hippie show. And, you know, uh, Ben told me who it was before the show, but honestly, I forgot. So I don't even know who it is. <laughs> Rich Miller. Is it Rich Miller? No, but I'm gonna reach, I got to reach out to Rich Miller. Rich Miller is, is uh, it's like a, Dennis and I have like little crushes on Rich Miller. We think he's so good, but it's not Rich Miller. Miss you, Rich. All right. Uh, so let's do uh, more citywide news here. It looks like a couple of Mayor Lightfoot city council members have made the headlines. And well, when an alderman or woman makes the news, that means it's time for another episode of everyone's favorite made up daily Chicago political soap opera. It's time for. A mayor and her alderman. A mayor and her alderman. I won't just turn the car around 
I'm going to shut it off. I'm going to kick you out and I'm going to make you walk home. So we have not one, but two Alderman stories to discuss. First, advocates celebrated when after a years long battle with the Woodlawn childhood home of Emmett Till, the 14 year old Chicagoan whose lynching lit fire to the civil rights movement, finally gained landmark status with plans for a museum devoted to Till's story. Similarly, supporters cheered Monday when a Bronzeville home that had once been the Phyllis Wheatley Club in home, a historic settlement house established by black suffragettes in the the early 1900s got a stay of demolition plans calling for it to become a women's history museum but those spearheading such efforts to honor black heritage and culture by preserving the now disappearing or decaying properties significant to that history have a new obstacle ben you were uh, you were talking about this story earlier today help us out here and uh, coach us up here yes feel kind of passionate about this and I'm going to try to restrain myself because uh, I used to many years ago at the reader back in the 90s I did a lot of landmark preservation stories and one of the things that struck me uh, so much of the history of Chicago is just being obliterated and again I as I always say I'm not from Chicago I was not born here I was not raised here but I came here I studied Chicago history uh, and significant homes like like uh, I'll give the one I always talk about uh, where Fred Hampton was murdered and Mark Clark was murdered on the near west side of Monroe. Uh, these are in danger of being torn down. That one hasn't been, but I'm just saying it's like these great moments in Chicago history, for good or bad, occurred, uh, or some famous person lived there. And uh, there's the home of the Hansberry family, uh, Lorraine Hansberry's family's home that uh, her father uh, fought restrictive covenants, Carl Hansberry. And so that home should be preserved. All these. Houses where great Chicago uh, characters lived, figures lived when they were young. I think they should be preserved so that history is that we, we have an understanding of what like what happened in our city. And what happens in Chicago is there's relentless change. There's redevelopment where uh, it's gentrification. Buildings get torn down. They put up new, uh, larger McMansions or condos. They call it progress. They call it economic development. But history is lost. Or there's just what decay. Property falls apart, gets boarded up, and eventually gets torn down because it's an eyesore. Either way, they're destroying uh, so much of Chicago's history. When I first moved to Chicago, Way back when in the 80s, I did a story. I went around with some preservationists all throughout the city, and they were marking buildings by their value. You know, like I think red was the most valuable uh, building, either for its historical, for its architectural significance or its historical significance. Someone famous lived there. So I think as, as much as possible, we should try to hold on and preserve uh, this history. And I don't think the city does a good job, to put it mildly, uh, of doing such. And so now there's uh, individual entrepreneurs we're buying up uh, property and uh, want to turn it into museums, places that uh, tourists might want to visit. God help, but we try to promote tourism in the city by preserving what it is that tourists want to see. That was the old Maxwell Street fight. I'll avoid it dissertation on that so yes i think the chicago should encourage this as much as possible but d if you, as you read the rest of the story a roadblock coming out of the city council you going to read the rest of that story or should i just tell it go for it buddy all right so i think it's alderwoman sophia king of the fourth ward has proposed uh that uh from now on you cannot change you cannot convert uh, your property into a museum 
uh, without getting permission of the city. So it has to go before the zoning committee, need a zoning wa- a waiver. And Lord knows what kind of obstacles would be encountered. You could have other residents on the block saying, I don't want people coming uh, to this area to look at this building. It's just a residential community. We don't need like a tourist, busloads of tourists, et cetera, and so forth. So, yeah, one more obstacle, uh, D, to preserving Chicago's past and and preserving uh, things that are worth remembering. And uh, so I'm kind of hoping that this bill gets watered down, to tell you the truth. I, I, I don't think we should put another impediment uh, on uh, property owners t- uh, turning their property into uh, historically significant buildings. All right. So that was our first alderman story. Now to the second. The second involves maybe the most feared thing in all the city of Chicago. The boot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Saw this. Alderman yeah. Daniel Espada, Ben of what ward? Come on. One is, is the correct. loneliest number one is the loneliest number one. What a nerd. Daniel Espada demanded citywide standards for private booting as Alderman debated the pros and cons of allowing local merchants to contract with private companies uh, to patrol lots and prevent motorists from parking in spaces reserved for their customers. Espada said he understands the, quote, need for enforcement of private property rights related to parking parking spots. What concerns him is the, quote, lack of formal appeals process for motorists booted on or towed from private parking and the barrage of resulting complaints from motorists demanding that he intervene. We have a quote here from Laspada, quote, If the city wishes this private booting practice to continue as an alternative to towing, it would be beneficial to consider an equal citywide licensing process for all wards and a citywide appeals process that would be uniform and allow residents a chance to have their complaints assessed in an equal, formalized manner. Laspada said he asked the license committee to do what it did Wednesday, make his ward the 18th to ban private booting. Only after a private booting company operating in his ward refused to give motorists a verbal warning. Mm. I'm all over the map on this one. I've written so many stories down through the years about uh, these kinds of deals. I've had business leaders debate me on a Mark Thomas ran the alley. This, This is his thing. I wrote an article about this, like, gosh, I was 20 years ago, something like that. He was, he was vehement. He could give you like an hour on why booting was necessary for, uh, for small businesses to operate. You had to keep traffic flowing. You keep uh, in a parking lot. You couldn't let people just to go in a parking lot and just sit there forever. You, you had to, you had to um, give them an incentive for, to force them out, so to speak. Otherwise, uh, there would not be enough uh, customers coming into the store and stores would be hampered. So I listened to him. And then on the other hand, some of these booting operations, the total conj, I don't know. Well, you don't have a car. So I've had like, I remember going into this one restaurant, literally made unnamed, had a little parking lot in the back and uh, enjoyed a delicious lunch, as I recall, and chicken soup. Uh, My memory serves me correctly. Great story. 
And I think I had the cream soda. It was delicious. Well, you know how to keep these listeners engaged, boy. <laughs> yeah, I met somebody. We discussed this, that, the other thing about politics. I went back to my car, and it was booted. Hey! And the, the guy who booted it was like, well, you know, uh, I got to see some proof uh, that you went to one of these legitimate establishments. So it's a good thing I had my uh, receipt from the restaurant. You know, what if I had thrown it away? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, well, it would have cost me a hundred bucks to get the boot off. So they, some of these guys, it's like gangster stuff, just saying. So the spot, I'm kind of with you on this one. CD, I'm like, on one hand, I I listen to Mark Thomas, then I listen to the spotter. I don't know. You know, the alderman pays the price. This is why we have, this is why I believe in alderman and prerogative. If the alderman's going to take the heat uh, for uh, the position that he or she takes, he thinks it's in the best interest of the community. So be it. So I guess I'm with, uh, when all is said and done, D, I'm with Lestat on this one. So you have gotten the boot. Oh, yeah. I think I've shared this story on the show before, but I had a friend who got the boot twice, and each time he sawed that bastard off. <laughs> sawed it off in the middle of the night, threw it in his truck, and kept going. Like, oh, my God. That is hilarious. No, one I time. How do you saw off a boot? Yeah. He he went, He waited till like, 2 or 3 in the morning when everyone was sleeping. It was just, just trying to saw the thing off. He got it off, threw it in his trunk. Then the other time it happened, he kept driving with it on and got to a little private parking lot and just sawed it off again like oh my god <laughs> i gotta give him a lot of credit really i, I just I, I i never thought about something well i couldn't saw it off because the the intended was right there <laughs> now i'll never forget coming out of that restaurant and seeing that but i go you're kidding me right well we have no proof sir that uh, you and any of these establishments that control this parking lot so without proof you're gonna have to pay this hundred dollar fine i'm like what is this you know, you have no proof that I wasn't. I'm I'm starting to have this debate with this guy. You know, you have no proof that I wasn't in any of these businesses. Anyway, the happy ending day. I had a receipt, and he took the boot off. So but, uh, I could see why it turns into fights. There was this um, oh my god, there was this parking lot on uh, it was on the north side, Clybourne, uh, right around Clybourne and North Avenue. And uh, it was a really most, one of the most complicated parking lots I've seen because it was a fairly large parking lot that serviced uh, all these different stores that were in a mall. But following on this, it was subdivided. So like different sections of the parking lot were intended to service different stores. So like, I don't know, like the Best Buy, I'm making that. I didn't know if there's a Best Buy. But if you were in parking lot A, you could go to Best Buy. But if you were in parking lot uh, A, you could not go to Binnie's, okay? So there would be guys, like you pull in. Most people didn't know this. They didn't bother to look at the sign that says parking lot servicing uh, Binnie's, Best Buy, and Billy Bob's. They would just park, go over to the store. And the parking lot attendant would watch, see, uh-oh, he didn't go to Binnie's. He went into Best Buy, and they'd slap the boot on. And the people come out, what? And the parking lot guys, you didn't read the fine print on <laughs> Suddenly the parking lot guy's like an attorney. You didn't read the fine print. People be yelling. Oh, I swear to God, I'm going to get my gun. You know, <laughs> God, man, you know, I don't know, guys. Maybe we're going to reconsider that whole 
parking restriction thing. And listeners, hey, if you if you saw off your boot, you did not hear that on the Ben Jarofsky show, all right? Keep our names out of your mouth, please. But there it was, another episode, episode 417 of everyone's favorite Chicago political drama, A Mayor and Her Alderman. A Mayor and Her Alderman. I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. I think you're 100% full of shit is what I think. If you think we want to fight, well, fuck you then. (laughs) Who are you going to tell me I'm full of shit? (laughs) Calm it down, guys. I don't know how many times I can hear that. It's just... Dennis did it, by the way, folks, in the pre-show prep, Dennis recited that. Yes, for memory. Oh, I bet everyone on the live stream chat, I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. I think you're 100% full of shit is what I think. Well, well, well no offense, but fuck you then. <laughs> the no offense part. I love it. Yeah. Raylo, love the no offense. Okay. <laughs> No offense. Well, since you said no offense, I am not offended that you said F you to me. Uh, and so then Rayla goes, okay, now can we just lower the percent that I'm full of shit from, let's say, like 100 to 65? Oh, I'm 65%. I think you're 65% full. That's not so bad. All of us are like at least 50%. Okay. Dragon Slayer 19 on the live stream chat says, maybe if we had sufficient public parking infrastructure and not privatized parking meters, this wouldn't be an issue. Oh, my God. Don't get me started on uh, the privatized uh, parking. You're absolutely correct. And or, well, this is something that's so wild. I, I can't even say this in good conscience because I haven't been on a public transportation in a year, D. A year. I was going to say, if we had a really great public transportation, uh, maybe people wouldn't be driving so much. But the I haven't, I haven't been uh, on a train. Wait a minute. You know what? I didn't tell you this, Dennis. I'll be taking a train in about two weeks. Week. Oh wow! Look for the fella in the hazmat suit. That'll be Ben. Get an autograph. Get that book autographed, huh? Yeah. I'll be autographing books in my hazmat suit. <laughs> I'm going to wear a hazmat suit on that train. Absolutely. Well, I get that second shot Mm-mm, going on the train. Yeah, they, uh, we didn't discuss this. Yeah, they, Ravinia is going to have a schedule for baby boomers. Place oh, to yeah. I meant to mention that. I had that in the news. I knew you'd be thrilled about it. Yeah, Ravinia coming back. I am so happy. I'm going to take my picnic and go to Ravinia. Okay. There. All right. If you ever want to know if you're getting old, just look at the list of performers at Ravinia. And if you're like, oh, my God, that sounds great. You're old. It, hap- got, it happened to me. It, it happened to me. Yes. Yes, it does. I'm shocked. I'm shocked by the groups that come to Ravinia. Uh, uh, like 50 Cent was at Ravinia. You know, I'm an old guy. I'm like, oh, 50 Cent is like young people's music. It's at Ravinia. He's at Ravinia. I'm like, Jill Scott was at Ravinia. Like, well, Jill Scott's for young people. What's happening, D, is that Generation X is getting older. And now their favorite performers are in the Ravinia. I always thought Ravinia was like where I would go. Me and other baby boomers, we'd see. I've seen Smokey Robinson there. I've seen Diana Ross there. I've seen the OJs there. I've seen Gladys Knight. I've seen Santana. Old people music. You know? Now it's like 50 Cent. Jill Scott, The Roots. Ah. Hey, remember, hey that, remember that time you interviewed the guy from Virginia? <laughs> oh, my God. 
This is the old days, ladies and gentlemen. When I was working for a radio station, I can't remember the call letters. Well, that's WCPTA 20. They fired you, but go ahead. Oh, yeah, that one. So they cut a deal with Ravinia. They're getting free tickets. And they would bring on the director. What was the director's name? He had to, like, I know he, the uh, name. Should I say it? Wells Kaufman. Oh, Wells. Yeah, that was his name. Uh, and uh, so Wells Kaufman said, oh, I really, really, really want to be on your show, Ben. It's one of my favorite shows, which I'm pretty sure he never listened to it once. And so uh, I can't wait to be on your show and discuss our great lineup. And the day of the show, all of a sudden, uh, I have a very important play that gets so they gave me his assistant, Billy Bob. I'm like, hi, I'm Billy Bob, and I really don't know anything. <laughs> Great. I know they love my show. <laughs> I guess the writing was on the wall, D. You know, I should have known there and then. <laughs> I wasn't for long at that station. When Wells Kaufman ditched me and gave me Billy Bob. Hey, yeah, you know, it, it's it. water under the bridge, guys. We'd love to have you as a sponsor. Come on and read that uh, summer lineup on the Ben Jarofsky show. Become a sponsor. You know what I mean? Yeah, be cool with that. Come on, Rodinia. Come on now. I actually go there. All right? Not like a certain Scott Duff who only takes free tickets. I did not say that. Oh, my okay? God. <laughs> my God. I took free t- I went to Bin Folds and Cake. That was the one time I uh, went to Ravinia. It was a great show. But then I knew Confession. I was like, wow, I'm old. Can- confession to make i have no idea who ben folds is nor do i know who cake is although i did see his younger brother cup cupcake all right guys we're just gonna stop it there <laughs> we're done remember you can download previous ben Jarofsky shows benny j bonus interviews and so much more at chicagoreader.com or wherever else you download your favorite podcast our interview with troy laravier is posted and as always it's fantastic go check it out if you've yet to chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky or wherever else you download podcasts you can find us on social media at benny j show b-e-n-n-y the letter j show on facebook twitter and instagram you can always send us an email Benny J show at gmail.com. Leave us a message and uh, there's a good chance we will read that message on our program. And you can call the Ben Jarofsky show. Say what? It's true. 708-658-4788. The number again, 708-658-4788. We would love to hear from you. Uh, Leave us a voicemail. Anything you want to do. Prank call us. That'd be fun. We haven't had a, a good prank call yet on the voicemail. So, hey, I'm reaching out to you. Prank the Ben Jarofsky show. 708 658 4788 Eight, eight. All right. I am reaching out to Ramana Hussain right now. And when we come back, well, we're going to talk with her. It's a Thursday Ramana rundown. Don't go anywhere. It's the Ben Jarofsky show. We are live from my apartment in Ben's attic. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa, just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.